In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, there is someone that lives at my house that makes me feel very powerful. She might live at your house too. Uh, it's not my wife. Uh, her name is actually Alexa. And uh, Alexa lives inside of these three speakers we have in our home, kind of strategically placed uh, around the house. Uh, we got the first one as a gift about two years ago on Christmas, and I never thought I would use her, but now I can't imagine life without her. Uh, if, if you don't know what I'm talking to, Alexa is one of these uh, virtual assistants. She lives in a cloud or a computer somewhere very far away. I don't know exactly how it works, but she's like Google or Siri. Uh, she does the things that I tell her to do. I don't understand it quite, but I know that Alexa makes me feel very powerful. If I want to know the weather, all I have to say is, hey Alexa, tell me the weather, and she does. Uh, if I want to listen to music, I say, Alexa, play me some bluegrass, and there are banjo strings filling our home. Uh, if I want to send a message to a friend, or if I want to buy something on the internet, all I have to say is, hey Alexa, and she does exactly what I tell her to do. Uh, she made uh, practi practicing the sermon at home awfully hard because every time I would go through it, she'd be asking me, what do you want, Peter? What do you want, Peter? But um, <laughs> she makes me feel powerful. With, with Alexa around the house, I feel like a king. Uh, at least uh, how I imagine kings and queens used to feel. There are no all-powerful kings and queens anymore, right? There really is no such thing as, as powerful monarchs, powerful royalty. The most power that the kings and queens who are around still have is they might have the power to get us to wake up at 4.30 in the morning uh, every few years when one of them gets married, right? Or maybe they have the power to get us to buy a magazine at the grocery store so that we can look at the cute pictures of their babies. But that's about as far as their influence goes, there are no powerful kings and queens anymore, uh, except for one. There is still one king who holds all of the cards, who has collected all of the chips at the table. There is still one king who can get things done. There is one king who simply says the word and things happen. And we read about this king today in our gospel reading from Mark chapter 4. You know his name. It's Jesus. Uh, we read the story about Jesus. Jesus just before reading for today, had been teaching for some time in powerful ways. He had been uh, telling stories, parables. We heard about some of those last week, if you were with us. Uh, but today, Jesus has wrapped up all of that powerful teaching. Uh, night is coming. So if you can imagine the scene, darkness is beginning to fall. And so Jesus invites his disciples to get into the boat that he's probably been teaching from and tells them that they're going to head out to the other side of the Sea of Galilee where the, the ministry, the powerful ministry, will continue. Uh, as they set out across the sea, it seems as though Jesus is in the captain's chair. He's in the driver's seat there in the stern. And we don't know how long it takes, but eventually there, there comes to be this storm as they set out in the middle of the water uh, under the cover of darkness. And it seems like a bad one. Uh, I love the way that Mark puts it. We read it today. He calls it a furious squall. 
Uh, the, the Sea of Galilee was known for its unexpected storms, but this one seems to be, the way the story is told, worse than most. It causes these seasoned fishermen, these experienced boaters, to, to shake in their boots. They're terrified. They think this is it, the end of the road. <laughs> Life is going to be over for them. The, the waves are crashing into the boat, and it's beginning to sink. The, the, the rain is falling. The wind is howling uh, around them, and, and they're terrified, as you can imagine, right? And and yet the one person who, who can do something about it, the one powerful person, the, the king and captain of the boat, if you remember where he is, he's, he's fast asleep, right? So the disciples, uh, they wake him, of course, because they're scared and, and they know that he can do something. Uh, he's off in dreamland. By, by the time he kind of rubs the crust from his eyes, in just three words, Jesus shows us his power. In three words, quiet. Be still, Jesus says. And just like that, the, the, the chaos is turned into calmness. The raging sea becomes this, this peaceful pond. And, and there, in just a few verses, in that short little story, we see the power of our God, don't we? It's one of the stories that I, I, I think we need to hear. We need to be reminded of stories like this. Be, because there are all sorts of stories in the Bible that tell us all sorts of things about Jesus, right? there are some of our favorite stories, the, the, the stories that tell us the, the compassionate, tender side of Jesus, like when he carries the, the wandering sheep on his shoulders and brings it back uh, to the herd. There are the stories where Jesus holds the little bitty babies and welcomes them in despite the protests of his disciples. We love stories like that. But every once in a while, we need to be reminded of stories like this, that we have a powerful God who is in control, who can get things done, who with the, 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 the mere simplicity of his words has things happen. And we need to be reminded that we have a, an all-powerful king in Jesus. But we also need to remember, I think, two important things uh, about uh, that power. Uh, the first thing we need to remember about God's power is that it often looks like weakness. Uh, that the truth is God often appears to us to be, to be pretty weak. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, I thought that God was weak. Uh, someone close to me, someone very close to me, uh, was diagnosed with cancer. And at that point, as a 15, 16-year-old, I, I knew enough to know what was going on and that that was not good and that this was a very bad thing. But uh, there was also a lot of confusion in my life at that time. And I remember wondering, Lord, uh, why don't you do something? If you're in control, if you have this power, why are you letting this happen uh, to the person that I love so much? Uh, but I, I don't think those were just the, the wonderings of a 16-year-old kid. I, I think we often wonder those kinds of things. When bad things happen, we, we wonder, Lord, where are you? Why don't you do something? Why don't you show us your power? We need you. When the cancer comes to us or the sickness uh, seeps into our life, when, when divorce threatens to rip our families apart, uh, when we lose the job, and, and we struggle to make ends meet, uh, God doesn't always look very powerful. Uh, the, the probably the most obvious example of this is the cross. Uh, there on the cross, God clothed his power in weakness. He hid his power uh, underneath weakness. If you were there that day at the cross, I don't think any of us would be saying, wow, look at that, that powerful God we have as he was heaving and crying and, and dying. That looked to be weakness. And yet we know as Christians that that's where we see God's power on, on its fullest display. And so we need to remember as Christians that, that God is all-powerful, but sometimes he clothes and hides his power in things that, that to us appear to be weak. 
Uh, the second thing we need to remember uh, about God's power is, is that God, he can see the entire story of our lives. And we always can't. We get focused on individual chapters, individual stories of hurt and pain and suffering. Uh, but God, he can see the whole story. In fact, we could say that God has written each of our stories, hasn't he? And he is able to see how he's going to take all of these individual stories of pain and weakness and hurt and suffering and weakness, and he knows how he's going to weave them together in, into something powerfully and beautifully amazing. And we, so we need to remember that, that while we only see what's in front of us, God is able to take all of those individual pieces of our lives and work them into a, a powerful display of everlasting life for us. We need to remember today's story that we have an all-powerful God. Uh, as I was reading the story this week, though, uh, there, there was that part of it, that the God's all-powerfulness, whatever we want to call that, omnipotence, uh, that it was hard for me to wrap my mind around. And, and I think the reason for that was that we have nothing to compare it to, right? There's no frame of reference for this in our society today. We have... Like I said earlier, no all-powerful people. We don't have kings and queens walking around who can simply say the word and get things done. And, and, and much of this is on purpose, right? We have created a society where we have purposely, and for good reason, split up power. In our country, we've divided the power between presidents and legislatures and judges. For good reason, we live in this uh, democratic republic where I, I suppose ideally each of us uh, has power. It's split up in between all of the citizens of that country. And, and I think that's because our, our forefathers here had lived under the tyrants and kings and they had seen how dangerous it was to have all that power concentrated in one person. And so for good reason, we live in this land of the free where the, the power is divided. I think most of us would say that we're glad to live in this country. We would not want an all-powerful king uh, ruling over us, I think. But, but I wonder if, if maybe it's not the only way to be governed. I know uh, I'm probably getting into dangerous territory and speaking uh, uh, some American heresy here, and I know pastors are not supposed to get involved in politics, but I wonder if there's not a better system of governance than this democracy we live in. Uh, I wonder if, if we could each imagine... Uh, a world where we lived with an all-powerful king, a, a king who had all the world's power, all of the control, who could simply say the word and, and get things done. What if we lived in a world with that all-powerful king, but a king who also had our best interests at heart, a king who also loved us, a king who had all the power and, and it could make things happen, but who also cared for us deeply, personally, individually, and, and as a society. I would, would like to live in a place like that. I don't know about you. And brothers and sisters, that's what we have in Jesus. Uh, a king who loves us and who has the power. A king who can get things done and a king who cares about us each and loves us as his own children. Uh, we know that from our story today, it, it was really interesting me reading through the story a number of times. Uh, if, if you can remember how it happens, uh, there's the boat, they get in the boat, it's nighttime, the storm comes, uh, they're afraid, and, and the question the disciples ask while Jesus is sleeping in the boat is not, uh, Jesus, can you do something about this? Uh, they seem to understand that he can. They've seen enough miracles at this point to know that, that they have a powerful Messiah, rabbi, that they're following along here. Their question is, Jesus, don't you care? <laughs> don't you love us, Jesus? 
Don't you have our best interests at heart? And we see that the answer, of course, is yes. <laughs> yes, he does care. Yes, he has all the power. And, and to him, nature is his Alexa. Creation is there to do his bidding and follow his commands and bow down before him. He has the power, but he also loves them with an unending love. And because we have this God who has all the power and has all of the love for us, who cares for us deeply, I believe that we are enabled now to be like Jesus sleeping there in that boat. My favorite part of the whole story is not that Jesus could say the word and snap his fingers and get things done. My favorite part of the story is that Jesus was asleep (laughs) because it tells us something really important. You see, Jesus had so much trust and faith in his Father, the God of the universe. He had such a sense of peace. He, He could be so much at rest that he was able to fall asleep while the storms raged around him. Because he trusted God's in control, his heavenly father's watching out. He could take a nap while the waves crashed in. He knew everything would be okay. And and brothers and sisters, I believe that because we have this all-powerful God who also loves us, we can trust like Jesus trusted. We can go about our lives trusting that God can calm the storms. We can have that sense of peace. We can rest in him and our all-powerful, all-loving King Jesus. In his name. Amen.